0: Hi, and welcome. I'm Lisa Wexler. We're doing Lisa on the Law. I'm so delighted to be your teacher, not your lawyer. Remember, everybody who comes on the air for this understands that I'm not your lawyer. I'm not giving you legal advice, but I am delighted to share what I know about the areas of law that I know in Connecticut. And if you want to be part of this, if you would like your question answered, the best way to have that happen is to send me a quick email at lisa. at uh, at lisa at wicc600.com go on the wicc600.com website go on the lisa wexler show page you'll find me you'll write me an email and i promise we will get back to you joining us now is donna hi donna donna you're from somewhere in the state of connecticut what town are you from i'm from monroe lisa hi donna from monroe so i'm really happy that you decided to ask me for some help how can i help you today
2: Well, you know, when you mentioned that you were starting this segment, it it occurred to me that one of the things that I've always sort of thought about in the back of my brain was, um, and I certainly am not wishing this to happen anytime soon, but when I do lose my spouse, should I be the first one to go, what kinds of priorities, other than, you know, calling a funeral parlor director, what kinds of priorities do I have to start thinking about and and attacking? I, I just feel like at that time in my life, I probably will be so distraught that I won't really know what to kind of look at, especially from a legal point of view, that I thought, you know, let me see if that's something you'd be willing to kind of touch on a little bit.
0: Yeah, I'm very happy to help you with that, Donna. So, you know, there's a, a whole industry of people that will help you with what we call estate planning. But the flip side of estate planning is estate administration. And I don't I don't think there's that much information out there about the other piece. So there are a lot of people who will help you with how to plan for taxation and uh, figure out what they want to have happen with you theoretically after you pass or your husband passes. But not a lot of people talk about what happens in that immediate moment after somebody has gone. So let me just ask you, Donna, first of all, do you have a will? Does your husband have a will? Yes, we do. Okay. So you've already – and has it been – did you draft the will with the supervision of an attorney? Yes. Okay, good. And so you already have done a very important piece of this, which is to say you've already named your executor. The executor right. is the person who you know was in charge of everything. But the executor is only named in a will and isn't doesn't really have any power until they are officially appointed by the court. And so there is that in between after someone has died, will you do what do you do? How do I get things rolling? Is that what you're asking that's, today? That's my question. That's yeah. your question. That's, that's okay. So the first thing is, and you should be writing this down. The, fr- the first thing is you've got to get copies of the death certificate. And you get that from the funeral parlor, right? Yes. hmm That's really important. Okay. Okay? And they have a ton of them. And and typically get a get a few, get a handful. Don't just get mm-hmm. one. Okay? Then the other thing is you've got to find the original will. There's only one, and you've got to find it. Okay. Okay? That means if your attorney is in the habit of keeping it, then you've got to call your attorney and get it. Or if it's someplace with you, then you have to find it. Do not put your will in a safe deposit box. Okay. Do not. Mm -hmm. Do you know why?
2: No. You tell me.
0: Because... Then you have to go to probate court and do a special safe deposit box proceeding to open the safe deposit box because after somebody dies, the bank will not let you into the safe deposit box unless your name is already on the box. Oh. So it's really, really bad advice to tell anyone to put their will in a safe deposit box. Right. As if you need more stress. Correct. Mm. So make sure the will is in some kind of an envelope in your house and that somebody other than you knows where it is. Okay. Okay? That's really important. All right. So you got to find the will. You've got to find the death certificate. The other thing you want to do right away after somebody passes is you want to see if there's any life insurance. Hopefully you okay. know, but if you don't, right. you're going to have to go through correspondence or ask around. And then, so the other thing you want to do right away is you want to notify the life insurance company, and they will not accept notice without a death certificate. Death certificate. That's okay. right. Okay. So mm-hmm. that's the other thing. You've got, and the other thing is you must notify Social Security because most people okay. that pass have, are passed after the age at which they're accepting Social Security. They have to know right away it is illegal to accept Social Security into an account when you know somebody has died. Okay. It is a big, big no-no. Uh, the other no-no, and people do this but they shouldn't, is if you've had a power of attorney for somebody, you can't use it after the person has died. It ends mm-hmm. at okay. death. Some people think they can keep going around using it. No. Powers of attorney are only for people that are alive. Okay. Okay. That's why you need to be the executor because the executor can do things when someone has passed somebody holding a power of attorney. Again, if they charge on credit cards or they pay bills, it is illegal. It is voidable. You're not allowed to do it. Okay. Oh, so, it, uh- yeah. I was just
2: going to say, so the executor would be the only person that could um, continue to do some of the things. But it, like say, if your name, if you're the spouse and your name's on accounts, you can continue to do those. Yes. Certainly. Sort of so right? if okay. you're
0: if you're if you're a joint account, for sure, it automatically becomes your money by operation of law when you've shown the bank the death certificate. Mm-hmm. And if you have an account called a TOD account, transfer on death. Then also the bank, after you show them the death certificate, you don't need any probate papers. They should recognize you as the owner of their account. Okay. Same thing with IRAs. And the same thing with pension funds. And the same thing with your life insurance policies, right? So, mm-hmm. again, right. that death certificate, that's why you need a few. Because some, some entities will want one with an original seal. They won't take a photocopy. Okay. Okay. Now,
2: now, uh, go ahead. uh, Mm -hmm. Just one quick question. When you mentioned Social Security, say you you know, you get your Social Security. It comes in the middle of the month. Your spouse died um, somewhere during that month. You notify Social Security. They make the decision on what happens from there. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't. Okay. I don't know if they'll ask for a rebate of some of the money, or they'll let it go for that month and just stop paying the next month. I really don't know.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know it's complicated. Yeah, but okay. you have to tell
0: them. The important thing is that you yeah. tell them. That's that, Then you've done your job as long as you tell them. All right. And okay. then the other thing you want to figure out, and so this is again post mortem. Someone has passed away. You do the best you can to figure out whether or not that person, in their own name, in their own name. Owned funds over $40,000. Owned assets, not just funds. It could be a house. Any assets over $40,000. That are
2: simply in their own name. Simply
0: in their own name that do not otherwise have a beneficiary designated. So if it's a... Transfer on death account, don't count it. If it's a joint account, don't count it. But if it's something hanging out there, a checking account, a savings account, some money in a fidelity, whatever, and it doesn't otherwise have a beneficiary, that becomes a probatable asset. Because, mm-hmm. Donna, what we mean by a probatable asset is an asset that has to be retitled in the name of someone else because we don't know who owns it, right? If someone has had a beneficiary designated, we already know who owns it. But if they don't, it has to go through probate. So, a probateable asset is anything that is over $40,000. It's or it, it's any a probateable asset is anything in somebody's own name.
2: In someone's own right. name. Right. That no what
0: that, the d- that right. That doesn't otherwise have a beneficiary attached to it. Okay. So, and then of those things, if it's over $40,000, you have to open what we call a full estate And if it's under $40,000, you can do what we call a small estate. And the difference in Connecticut between a small estate and a full estate has to do with um, the fact that under $40,000, the next of kin can basically ask the probate court to avoid admitting the will, to avoid going through all of probate. Just, it's less than $40,000, Your Honor. Here are my funeral expenses. Here, I'm the wife. Here are my children. Um, the will said that it should go to the wife and children or it should go to the wife, whatever. Here is the money. Can you just write a decree giving it to me?
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: if you find mm-hmm. it's a, it's called a form PC-212 or a PC-212A. And if you qualify for that, it's great. If it's over $40,000, it's what we call a full estate. And then the will has to be admitted oh. to probate. And I don't want to go into all of that right now with you, Donna, but I would say what the probate court needs is the original will, and the death certificate, and a form PC two hundred, which is basically a very easy to fill out form. You don't need your attorney to help you with this. And it says mm-hmm. who are the beneficiaries in the will. So who would who does the will leave everything to? And who are the people that would inherit if there was no will? So if you, if your husband didn't have a will and he passed away anyway. Who are the next of kin according to the law in Connecticut, and that is your immediate family in an order. So if it's a wife, it's a wife. If it's a wife and kids, it's a wife and kids. That kind of thing, mm-hmm. and it's all okay. on the form. It's all set forth right on form PC two hundred, and you know and that on. and a death certificate and a will, and you're good to go.
2: Okay, and that those that PC two hundred is an
0: online form. On yes. that
2: on the probate yes. website, everything is
0: probatect.gov. dot gov. Okay. Thank you. I mean, there's, I mean th- there's a lot to it, but I think that this is enough information in one chunk. I don't want to keep it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But after somebody passes, again, you want to find the original document. If there is a will, if there isn't, you know, then you're what you call an intestate, uh, an intestate estate. And again, you're going to go to that PC 200 and you're going to do it a different way. But it's the same difference. You still have to show up at court to say to the, to say to the court, we need an administrator, not an executor. We don't have a will. But okay. okay, but if there is a will you find it has to be the original, the original signature, the whole will. Oh, and the other thing, Donna, is do not unstaple that will. Do oh, not okay. do not unstaple that will to make a copy for yourself. If you want a copy for yourself, you stand at the copy machine and do one page at a time. If you submit a will that has been taken apart to the probate court, you have a problem. Because the probate court will not necessarily be able to admit that will, because it's a will that's been taken apart. Oh, so I mean, never, you could never, inserted... never unstaple a will. Never.
2: Oh, okay. Who we'll knew that? Yeah.
0: yeah. Never do that. Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. So well, the, this is—I mean, this is the kind of stuff that it sort of puts you in a, points you in the right direction at the very least, you know. Because at a time like that, what do you do, you know? i know who do you call <laughs> i know it's
0: true i know and you're in such um shock anyway
2: right, right. yeah again but- it's not something I'm, I'm 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 pushing to have happen anytime soon but it's just sort of a thing that he you always know, in the back of your my brain at least that i think about
0: and you're not the only true. one donna yeah yeah Are you kidding there's a whole in yeah. the planning industry because people yeah. ruminate about all of this all the time i'm glad that you have a will though you know, because yeah, most yeah. people, we, most of us think we're not going to die anyway, and many people don't don't plan. They don't have any will. And the most important thing about a will is your executor. You need to take a look at that, Donna, and make sure that um, that the people that are your successor executors, in other words, the ones after your husband in case he's not around or too old, that those are the people that you still want to administer your estate.
2: Right, yeah. Well, that, that's true. I mean, when we we just did it about a couple of years ago, we redid it. And um, I noticed that there had to be some shift done in that. Yeah.
0: I look at a will as a five-year plan. you got to look at it every five years. You have to. You know, because a lot of times we appoint our own peers, but they're getting older, too. They don't want to do this. They don't want to be your executor anymore. Forget it. They would do it if you were 50, God forbid, and passed away. But if you're 80, they're not interested.
2: Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Is there any ruling on who you can have as an executor? I mean, can it be? You know, um, does it have to be a blood relative? No, or can it be like no,
0: a, oh. no. In no. Florida, they said in Florida, you, you can't put, appoint anyone as an executor unless they are a immediate family, unless they live in the state of Florida. Could you believe that? We do not have uh, that. We have plenty of out-of-state executors. We appoint them all the time. We want people to be able to choose who they want. And if they live out-of-state, you know, they have to figure it out if they want to do the job.
2: Right. Yeah. Okay.
0: So you can appoint anybody that you trust. They have to be over the age of 18.
2: Right. Well, thank you very much. You're I welcome. Appreciate your, your, I appreciate you coming up with this, uh, this whole idea. I'm
0: glad. I think it's great. I'm glad to help you, Donna, and thank you so much for the call. Thank you. You take care. You be well. Live God a bless. long
2: time. You be well. I hope so, and you too, and, and your loved ones too.
3: God bless. Bye God, bye. God bless.
0: Hi and welcome. This is our Lisa on the Law, and I promise you, I'm not your attorney. I am hopefully a teacher, and uh, this is a segment that we're starting to do every week in order to share information and what I want to do is encourage you if you would like to be part of this to just send me a quick email through lisa at wicc600.com you'll get a call back from our producer and then I will be delighted if I'm able to to help you with your problem joining us now is Juliet hi Juliet Juliet hi are you from someplace in Connecticut where are you from Shelton yeah Shelton marvelous Mm -hmm. so how can I help you today um,
3: I, my father passed away in November, and he had a trust, and I'm the trustee. Um, and I think it's a misconception that you don't have to go to probate, and, because you do have to go to probate with a trust, to, at least to file and, and to file, I guess you don't have to go through probate. Is that right? I, I, I get so many. I'm Googling it. I'm getting different opinions, different. I went down to the probate court in Milford, and they're telling me, yes, I do have to file if I want to close out his accounts and sell his house. Oh,
0: okay. So it depends. So what is ah, the point
3: of a trust Well, if I have to go to probate?
0: So, okay. So, Juliet, first of all, it's every situation is very different, and Every set of facts is its own complicated thing, so I need to ask you questions to give you the right answer, okay? Uh-huh. So you say that you're a trustee of a trust, but was the house that your father owned put in the name of the trust before he died? Yes. Okay, so the deed is in the name of XYZ Trust.
3: Yes, and so was all his bank accounts and all his securities and all
0: that. Okay. So what you don't know from a lot of lawyers who do this kind of thing is that when you have real estate, there is another sort of parallel area of the law that really doesn't have anything to do technically with probate. Because for probate purposes, what does probate mean? Probate means retitling an asset into someone's name after that someone has passed away. You don't need to do that. You don't have to notify creditors. You don't have to have notice provisions to heirs at law. There's a lot that was avoided administratively by putting the house in the name of the trust before your dad passed. Uh Okay, so there was a lot accomplished in terms of administrative delay because you as trustee don't need to ask anybody's permission to go ahead and list the house for sale or to pay bills, or to be recognized by the bank or the mortgage company. You are Mm -hmm. the fiduciary, you are the trustee, and you're done. Uh So so that was accomplished. But anybody who tells you, who tells anybody that you avoid taxation or fees is wrong. Because the parallel process is this. When you own real estate, real estate, if you're going to sell it, has to be sold with what we call clear and marketable title. Mm -hmm. Clear and marketable title means that another buyer has to be able to get title insurance, that there are no encumbrances, that there are no liens on that chain of title. As a practical matter, there is always a lien for possible taxation on someone's property, whether or not Mm. it went to a trust, regardless. And it's that release of tax lien that you need in order to sell the house— Mm-hmm. And you can't get that release, release of tax lien without going to probate court.
3: You can't. No. So why, why do they say you get a trust to avoid probate?
0: <laughs> because you're avoiding some aspects of probate. You're, yes, a, you're avoiding the delay of having somebody else be the administrator or the fiduciary of uh-huh. the estate. Okay. But you are not avoiding walking into probate court when you have real estate. You can't, because probate real court— Real estate,
3: or when I went down there, they told me, I, I filled out a form, CT-706-NT. NT.
0: That's right. That's the other piece. But
3: I had to put all his assets on there, everything that was in his name, every bank account, every trust, every security, S- and then I had to pay— a fee on C. a sliding scale. Yes,
0: yes. And beca- that's because the Connecticut legislature in its infinite wisdom over 20 years ago decided that every um, person who dies in Connecticut has to file a form CT706NT. It uh-huh. happens that it's filed with probate courts. Um, if it's a non-taxable estate, that if you were a taxable estate, if your dad passed with over at this point 9 million dollars, Then that same form would be called a CT-706, not NT, standing for no tax, but it would just be a plain CT-706, and that would be filed with the Department of Revenue Services in Hartford. So Mm -hmm. it's only an NT because now you can die with $9 million and there's no tax on it. The probate fee is a little different. The probate fee is paid to subsidize the probate courts in the state of Connecticut, which— do a lot for people that are very poor. And so the probate fees that come in from the estates of people that have passed, essentially that money is used in combination with state tax revenues in order to subsidize poor people who need to be conserved, people with intellectual disabilities who need that kind of service, people with mental illness. There's a whole range of very vulnerable populations Mm -hmm. that get fee waivers because they're poor and some of that probate fee money goes to sustain the system, and that's the way our system is in Connecticut. That is the way it works.
3: Yeah. And did I have to put everything down there, or just the house? I mean, I put everything because I was, i don't want to get in trouble. You have when, to put
0: everything down on the tax return. You did the right thing. You're a law-abiding citizen.
3: Okay, everything down. But and then, but then I heard somewhere where I could have deducted funeral expenses, commission on the house. No.
0: Well, you can deduct that, but you're not. But um, it's not going to affect your probate fee. Those deductions would be important to you if you had a taxable estate. You don't have oh, a taxable okay, estate, okay. So it, doesn't, it doesn't make the sliding no, scale go down. No, no. <laughs> sorry about that. Sorry no, about that. No. Okay.
3: <laughs> but, okay. But listen,
0: I mean, I'm sorry about the death of your dad. Thank you. I really Thank am. You. But I hope Th- that the process is. You know. Yeah,
3: I, I wish they would, you know, attorneys that say, oh, have a trust to avoid probate. You're, it, to avoid going through the whole process.
0: Yeah, I think that they are not.
3: And I didn't even know this until my attorney for the closing said, you need you need this form. I mean, Correct. And I said, what do you mean? I have a trust. I don't need it. No, you no, need it. You need it. And, and you that's need what it not started because- the whole pro- I mean, I literally got the paper in a week from after when I paid the fee. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I didn't have a trust, it would be months, I heard.
0: Well, it could be. So it depends. It could so be months if in Connecticut. In, in Connecticut, it's not likely to be that long. In New York, for sure, it would take a very long time. Um, in Connecticut, it's not likely to be months, it, unless the will was contested, unless there are issues. Right. So in your case, there's no contest. There was a trust. Your father mm-hmm. appointed you as trustee. He put the his property in. A so trust, in my own in my it.
3: own case, mm-hmm. for me to get it, it's it's worth it to get a trust. So I make my. Here is make the decision as opposed to the probate judge, meaning you.
0: Well, it's not about making the decision. It is about a delay and lag as to who is. So if you do it a will and you didn't have a trust, you could still make your son your executor. The difference is if you go through probate, if your daughter had been disinherited, for example, she would have an opportunity to object. When a person does a trust, they're taking it out of the hands of the probate court and there is not that process of sort of public scrutiny. Of okay. That the only exception to that, obviously, is if a trustee does something bad. Right. Anybody can be called into probate court if they've abused their fiduciary powers. That mm-hmm. is for sure. So you still have to remember as a trustee, Juliet, that you have personal liability and responsibility for your actions as trustee. Personal liability. You cannot avoid that. Yes. OK.
3: All right. Yeah, fiduciary duty is what I'm told.
0: That's correct, and that is a very big standard. So you have to think of that as a judge looking over your shoulder for all yeah. of the acts in which you're making decisions because you're yep. not acting for you. You're acting for the people who are the beneficiaries of the trust. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. I hope it helped. Thank you, Julia. Yeah, it did. Thank you so good. much. Clarified it very good. Thank a you. Pleasure. Thank you right. so much.